Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Presented by AfterBuzz TV and hosted by Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman, this is X-Pac 12360. And now your host, WWE Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, so, um, yeah, um... Do you guys have a good uh, long Fourth of July weekend? Absolutely. Yeah. There was a lot of wrestling to catch up with. It was kind of hard. So much. Yeah. What'd you do? I worked all weekend, actually. All four days I was working. So literally on Sunday, I was catching up with the G1. I was catching yeah. up with Slammiversary. Yeah. I was just like, ah, there's so much mm. happening. And then I got to have everything done and watch Raw the next day. Okay, yeah, it was too much. Yeah. <laughs> so my girlfriend and I, we took a few days, uh, like the 3rd and the 4th, and uh, we went and rented an Airbnb right on the beach on Malibu. Nice. Like, nice. legit. Like, the, wa- the when the when the waves hit, they splash up onto the front window, right? Like, a, or the balcony. Like, oh, wow. I mean, it's right fucking there. Yeah. And just stayed there, you know? Like, I mean, brought, I went to the grocery store and filled the fridge up with groceries and and really just didn't leave, like, for two days. And watch the fireworks all up and down, you know, like up from from where we were. You could see all like Malibu's. There's two. There were two uh, displays going on in Malibu, and Santa Monica didn't have any, but like Marina del Rey did, and like all the other cities down going south down the coast, right? And you could see it all of it. It was it was ridiculous. So it's like awesome. a really nice getaway, kind yeah. of disconnect a little bit. Yeah, and Lou, you know, Lou loved it. She. <laughs> The, the the wave like one of the waves came up and like it pretty much covered her though like, oh. I, yeah anyways it was fun that's awesome good yeah it was good. fun and um and so like I kind of forget about this until I right now I'm thinking about the weekend like so we left and I'm driving back uh, home from Malibu going down the PCH and there's a fucking um, you know the cops have someone pulled over on the, you know the opposite you know, the other side of the highway, and, you know, we're driving a pretty small car, and uh, I'm driving, and um, this fucking dipshit in a big-ass pickup truck just fucking slammed right into the back, rear-ending the fuck out of us. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, my girlfriend's, like, all fucked up, and, you know, I had to go, you know, get looked at, and, um, you know, lawyers, like, you know, um, want me to go get looked at, and I'm just sure. There might be something wrong with me, but I don't. I can't tell yet. Like, there's, you know, um, I I'm, I feel fine, right? Doesn't but that doesn't different. mean anything, right? Because I'm all like, you know, what I mean, like I'm just used to, you know, I live in chronic pain, so it was. And this is when you guys were coming back, obviously. Yeah, 
So he just rear-ended you guys? Is that what happened? Yeah. What was he wasn't his... paying attention. He was looking. He was fucking rubbernecking. Oh, you know right. what I mean God. by that? Rubbernecking? What, like looking around? When you're, not pay- when you're looking at the accident or even like... Well, they say when another accident happens and yeah. you're looking at it, yeah. that's when another accident happens. And it's happens. just like when you're, when you're driving a big-ass pickup truck... You can't like be a dipshit like that, like, right? And that's a tricky stretch of road, anyway. Us. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So I'm just, you know, my body's used to trauma. Sure, so, definitely. Like, it wasn't a huge thing for me, but, right? You know, but she's a little bit banged up. Yeah, yeah. Is she okay, like right now? Or? Well, I mean, she's able to go to work and everything, but yeah. Fuck. That's a second car, or is like that's been rear-ended in the last Ooh. few months. When was the first? It's coming to my house, like on the way to my house oh. on one thirty-four, one night. I don't know how many months ago it's been now. Man. Yeah. So yeah, for her, poor thing. Anyways, all right. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. I mean, at least you guys are okay. At least you guys are okay though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For the most part, like uh, honestly, like it's. That kind of shit isn't going to ruin my fucking weekend. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, a good way to look at it. Yeah. What so. about the earthquake? Oh, yeah. We were, were there. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we got home, uh, the next day, uh, I was, so we got a a, a, ran, a rental car, right? Because the car's all fucked up. And it's like a pickup truck. And mm-hmm. like I'm in the pickup, in the parking lot, or in the driveway at the house. And, um... I'm like the, the car. Like I, I started up, and I'm like getting ready back out, and I don't know. I stopped for some reason. I'm fucking around in, in the driveway, and all of a sudden, like the truck starts shaking. I'm like, oh, damn, what a piece of shit this truck is! Like this fucking thing's just shaking, Can't right? It's still right. Yeah, <laughs> it was like for thirty seconds. Like, and I'm like, God, what a you know, fuck some air with this. Yeah, thing. it's a brand one. new truck. <laughs> My girlfriend comes running out, like all like staring, going, I'm like, what? Fuck! She goes earthquake. Oh my god, that it was definitely not fun at all. Everybody, I was just kept thinking like, I really hope that the big one isn't like coming, you know? Because everybody's always one, talking yeah. about the big one, the big one where like things are gonna break apart. Well, and, that's the thing. You know, luckily, luckily, the epicenter of this was yeah. far enough away because it technically was bigger that than was the Northridge quake. Yeah. yeah, that that was a big one. Yeah. No, but I mean, like the it big just, one, where like the one that you know, the one that's that? closer like, the to one, the, the city. one where the fucking state of California falls yes, out in New York. And yes, and where people yeah. are saying that San Francisco is going to be where LA is at, and LA yeah. is going to be where San Francisco's at. And, like I just keep thinking to myself, like God, like you know, yeah. please don't let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hmm. I guess when you get, I mean, not like I'm this old fucking man or anything, right. <laughs> but I mean, when I've lived a little been through a thing or two yeah. like i mean yeah it was an event but it's not it wasn't really that big a deal right you know? and also when you when you live here it it, it yeah. becomes and not also as like when i lived in mexico and which could segue us into the next thing we want to sure. talk about when, when i lived in mexico i lived in this pretty badass apartment building like uh and there was a six like a five or a six Ooh, that shit. hit mm. you know in mexico city and the fucking building hit the neck like it was shaking so much it, it hit the, oh, the one next to it. Yeah. So, but they make those buildings down there, and I think probably here too, but especially down there, mm. with as much seismic activity 
You yeah. Like how I said that? There you go. Seismic activity, it goes on down there. Like, they, they make the, even the foundations, I think, are like, you know, like, make the building well, so it's able to move. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. This, it's supposed to sway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. But so. but yeah, you mentioned living in Mexico, your involvement with Lucha Libre, obviously a lot, yeah, lot so, to talk about in, okay. Lucha, in the world of Lucha. Yeah, you want to go well, ahead? Well, let's go ahead. Please. So this weekend, major news broke that the president of CMLL, mm. Paco Alonso, has passed away at the age of 67. Very unexpected. We still don't know the exact cause of death since he's, he is a very private man. The family hasn't actually came out and said specifically what happened. All we know right now is, is that there was no actual plan in in place, at least none that has wow, came crazy. out for who right. is going to take over the company. So just a little uh, background on this. Uh, Paco has actually been running the company since 1987. Prior to that, the company was founded and being run by his uncle, Salvador, who was running the company and was founded the company in 1933, making it the first major promotion, oldest major promotion in Mexico. So it's... Probably this, in the world. Yeah, so this yeah. is like yeah. a big deal. The fact that the person that was, you know, in charge since 1987 is now, you know, gone and we don't know what's going to happen. As yeah. of right now, the person that is the, the I guess you can say the, the face of the company is his daughter, Sofia Alonso, who is 28 years old, has a marketing degree, but apparently is not very uh, knowledgeable of wrestling in wrestling. Yeah. So it's kind of like a very big. Boy, like, the what's buzzards are happen. circling right now. Right. Yes. In more ways than one, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Power grab. I can see like everyone scrambling and um, yeah. I you know a similar thing happened with uh, with AAA with uh, Antonio Pena mm. when he passed away. I was like, okay, who's gonna fucking run this thing? And that's how you know uh, Dorian ended up running it. You know, was 23, 24 years old at the time. Sure. You know, before that, he was the guy that brought me my pay when I came down to AAA, and he gets to and look like. And, and Dorian was a huge wrestling fan, right? And just, you know, all of that. Um, and and still, like, it was it was chaos. You know, like, um, how things were run after Pena passed away. Um, and so it's, yeah, there was, I mean, it sounds like it's kind of a similar situation, you know. No, well, but people expected Pena. Actually, when Pena passed, like he was sick for a while, right? So there was a little bit different, but still, uh, without having any successor or you know any kind of thought. Like I mean, I don't know, you know, whether he had you know thought about things like that. I'm sure he probably had. I mean, wouldn't anybody in that sort of position would have yeah. to think about even people that, you know, they don't have much to their name. Yeah. So your regular, ordinary Jane Doe yeah. is also going to think about stuff that, you know, when you pass away. Take your children. Right, exactly. You know. Money. Or, if you, you don't, I don't know if you have anything. But sure. either way, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, even the regular person thinks about this. So I would believe that maybe they would have thought something about this. But here's the thing, too, is that the family itself never cared about wrestling in the sense where their money and their big, like, yeah focus is on real estate. So Paco was the one that was running things because he was the only one that, I guess you can say, wanted to, you know? So now it's kind of like, you know, you could either have wrestlers that are, you know, trying to get to that position, but it's kind of that moment where you're like, who rightfully goes to this He was just like, he wasn't the booker. 
Right? Ultimo like, Guerrero is the booker. Who is it? Ultimo Guerrero. Oh, Ultimo Guerrero. Is the okay. Yes. So, he's so the before booker. that, I can't remember who it was when I was there. It was somebody different, but like. Ultimo Guerrero was obviously was pretty high too. So like the next person who comes in, let's say they don't like him, boot him out. You know that's how things go. When you get a new person in charge, you get the people out that you're you're not a fan of, I guess. Anyways, but um, I uh, uh, I have deal. I have my experience with Paco. uh, uh, I I can't. I only met with him one time, um, and I just I. Nothing but positive. Wonderful guy. Wonderful, wonderful guy. And um, I'll tell you the story in a second. And uh, um, uh, and that. But everyone I know that worked for him, um, even people that like he had a grudge against, like Conan, I had nothing but good things to say about him. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So uh, my experience with Paco is. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he spent a whole lot of time being mad at me, but I probably wasn't his favorite person after this, and I could totally understand why. Um, so, back when I was in in Mexico, when I was living there, and uh, you know, I had uh, I don't want to get all off into what happened with me down there because sure. that goes into a whole different direction. Anyhow, really bad thing happened with me down there, and I went away for a while. And I came back. It was basically, okay, it was my suicide when I hung myself. Fuck, might as well just say it, right? Mm. Uh, And so um, I went away for a while, like four months. I was at this place in Houston, this, you know, facility where I got better, you know. Um, Menninger Clinic, by the way, just to give a shout out to Menninger Clinic. Um, So anyways, I, when I leave there, I go back to Mexico. And you know, I was told like AAA was okay. They were they would give me work if I came back. And honestly, I can totally understand them not wanting to book me after what happened with me. You know, like that's a major. You know, it's a huge thing. And it's like, what the fuck, right? Is he gonna do this again if we bring him back to work? So sure. I get that. But anyways, I go back down there thinking I got work. No work. I lose my apartment like because I didn't have money to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up in living with Moody Jack Melendez, who used to, he was like kind of the booker. He, you know, edited the TV show, did all kinds of shit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Moody also, like in Puerto Rico, he was, a, you know, behind the scenes, a big, you know, part of Puerto Rican wrestling. Wonderful guy. I love Moody. I miss him. He has my cat, one of my cats <laughs> still. Oh yeah. Yeah. In Puerto Rico. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'd have been homeless. I was basically homeless in Mexico, uh, and so I. And uh, this is where Mark Jindrak. You guys know Mark Jindrak, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Marco Corleone. Mm-hmm. He was getting pr- pushed pretty good, but not as good as he could have and should have been. Sure. In, in the MLO, but CMLO. CMLO sorry. Right, right. <laughs> um, anyways, like so, I would go connect with Mark while I was down there, and you know, like. Uh, so Mark talked to Paco because AAA wasn't fucking using me. So Mark talked to Paco. Paco like watched some stuff of me and just really liked what he saw, right? Like all the WWE stuff. And um, anyways, he brought me in, and 
you know, we had a meeting, and they had this big 75th anniversary show, uh, mm. Reno, Mexico. And, um, yeah, so, we, like, I made a deal with him. And, and he gave me a great deal. Like, it was great. And uh, um, so then they had this big announcement and press conference, I'm going to wrestle Ray Buccanero for the, like, junior or light heavyweight belt, right, mm. and at the big show. And honestly, like I was, I wasn't in, I was in no kind of shape for a singles match like that. Right. Right. And I didn't have any money like to try to prepare. Like it was fucked up. So, but as soon as, um, as soon as the big announcement happens and I'm on the magazines and everything, I'm going to go to arena Mexico for this. Now all of a sudden Dorian and triple a are like, well, what do we have to do to, get you to stay mm-hmm. and like honestly I wasn't prepared to have that fucking sick singles match like full disclosure being you know thousand percent honest I wouldn't I wasn't prepared to have a match singles match that quick um, I looked like shit um, a lot of things and so and I was I knew AAA for better or worse I knew the, and, and but so on I, I told them you know, and I told him I wanted, and so Arena Mexico wasn't doing anything really with Rocky Romero or right. Alex Kozlov. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, give those guys a job too, and um, and and so, but he really Dorian really wanted uh, Jindrak. I see. Right. And so, like, he's like, can you get a? And so I was okay. I hit Dorian. You know, part of the deal was he had to give me a upfront cash bonus to come back mm. signing bonus and so it's, he's like um I'll give it you the bonus but you gotta get a meeting with you know with Jindrak set a meeting up with Jindrak mm-hmm. um so that happened and anyways Rocky and, and Alex came over with me and uh we started that group called Degeneration Max right Right, uh, which which worked pretty good. Like it was over pretty good for a bunch of baby, you know, sure. uh, you know, um, American baby bases. Like right. usually, if you're an American, you're fucking heel. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, uh, yeah. And then Jindrak came, and so obviously, I kind of reneged on the deal with Paco. Right. And so you never yeah, ended up having a match never with went, Narrow. Never went to. CMLL after right. that, after there was a big roll out the red carpet and everything. So, I can yeah. see how he could be very upset after that. Well, I right? don't know how upset he was or wasn't, but like, yeah. Did you guys ever talk? Never. After that? No. Never? No. 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 So, um, but um, yeah, that's the story. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not, I felt like it was the best thing for me to do and it was right like I would not have been doing myself any favors going and having that singles match at Arena Mexico sure at all that's so. true I know but I can see how that like you know he gave but me an opportunity I could have just not so. fucking rated his talent right yeah that's right? true <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's yeah. crazy yeah it's crazy and then okay so so anyways the the deal I had with AAA so then like serves me right it's my fault for fucking taking anyone's word for it. 
I, it wasn't a month or two where they he went back on his deal, and I and ended up like I got pretty much fucked. That Dorian did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows it too. Yeah, oh. I saw Dorian at um, Double or Nothing. Oh yeah, actually, we came up to me. It was you know really cool. Happy to see me. I was happy to see him. You know, the guys I'm are not, I, don't, now. I hope so. I think so. Right. You know, I don't think he's too good. Like I've said some shit about him. Like worse than you know me just telling the story right sure. now. You know, at times being mad about certain things and then like blowing up on Twitter, just stupid Twitter shit that right. you know you kind of wish you didn't do afterwards. But right. uh, yeah, so no, I was at, like, regardless, like that is what happened. But I'm not, I don't hold any grudges over it. And I wasn't the easiest guy, like to. I mean, there was. We had some complaints, but nothing major. Right. Nothing major. I wasn't doing anything. You know, I showed up for work. I did a great job at work. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I wasn't clean and sober, but fuck who the fuck was in that locker room. Give <laughs> me right. a break. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> wow. All right. Sorry, um, I'm just, like, blown away Paco. by this story. Yeah, Paco. Yeah. Um, uh, wow, what a huge loss. Right? Great man. Definitely. And, you know, um, yeah. So what do you I'm think bummed that, out that that's my, you know, the way that right. experience with Paco ended. So, so what do you think is going to happen? Do you think it's just going to be like a, just oh boy. Free, lots of drama to come? Uh, there's going to be a lot of, yeah, that's going to, poof. I just hope it doesn't result in like the end of the company. Like whoever mm. takes over, I you hope that know. they just make wise decisions and it's a good pick. You never know. There's a lot of things that, like, okay, for one thing, I never. There's a lot of things I never thought I'd see. I never thought I'd see a AAA show in Arena Mexico. Mm. That fucking blew me away when I heard that. Right. I mean, I know they they rent the shows out to. I mean, I know like Arena Mexico has rented it out to other promotions but sure. not their main competitor right exactly you know i mean they run it out to the circus and like all kinds of shit like that and they make huge money arena mexico makes huge money on parking oh parking. interesting yes because it's you know the that's basic kind of downtownish, right mm. well every fucking part every it's all downtown it's like mexico is the biggest fucking city in the world <laughs> but yeah no like yeah, even when they're not running events, they have that parking lot's full. Yeah, so. All right. Well, we actually have to continue talking on. So a few days prior to the death, uh, to the announcement of the death of Paco, um, it was announced that Pedro, Pedro Aguayo passed away at 73 years wow. old. old. Um, biggest draw, unmasked wrestler. Yeah. This, did he this ever, did, did, did he ever wear a mask? Um, I remember that he was, okay, so he, uh, okay, so I know that Conan beat him for his hair, yes. and he unmasked Conan. Yes. So I don't recall him ever wearing a mask, but yeah, I could I be wrong, so. though. They but drew I a lot of money that. here in the States, you know, like, I'm pretty sure Conan and him had LA Sports Arena or SoCal State or mm. any place where they had this big, like, cage match. and Sure. You well, know. he had the three-way feud with Conan and Cien Caras. Yeah, Cien Caras. And yeah. then he also had in his feud with Conan itself, yeah. which was, you know, what helped put Conan on the map. Uh, started wrestling in 1968. Helped fun, help find, found, found, I can't even talk anymore, AAA in 1992. Yeah. Um, his son, as we all know, died in the ring, Pedro Aguayo Jr., in 2015 at the age of 35. Uh, breaking his neck 
um, after an in-ring accident. Yeah. So that was, you know, that happened just a few years ago, and now, you know, he passed away. And I know he had dementia, but I don't know if that was, like, the cause specifically yeah. of his death that may tie into it. it. Probably should. I, I, I imagine it probably had something to do with it. But mm. in terms of, you know, a legend in Lucha Libre, this is like... He was about as big as they get. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, just short of, like, El Santo. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Everyone else... He's just as big a star as anyone you could think of. Yeah, sure. So it's just like two big things that happened in the world of, you know, lucha and Mexican wrestling literally within days apart. Mm. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's pretty crazy, I think. Yeah. Wow. I just, you know, I, uh, it's so cliche to go out thoughts and prayers and, you know, all that. Right. I mean, what do you say? Yeah. What do you say? Right. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, um, and I'm not the big religious guy either, but yeah, no, I've, I, um, I don't know, I'm sending some prayers their way. Sure. Everyone down there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Definitely a lot of a lot of big shaking up in the world of Lucha yeah. Libre for sure. And there's right. still going to be more stuff to come, especially sure. with the whole CMLL thing. So we'll keep updating people as we go. But now we're going to go ahead and switch gears. So last week we were kind of talking somewhat of like what possibly could be great news for Impact, which was possibly their move to Access. Yes. But now, so good news for talent, but bad news for Impact. So both LAX and Johnny Impact are gone from Impact Wrestling yeah. after Slammiversary, which just happened in on the Sunday, actually, in Dallas. And, okay, so let me just give you a brief breakdown. LAX has both offers from AEW and WWE. Um, obviously, if they go with AEW, they're going to have really good competition in terms of tag teams. The Bucks, Lucha Bros, SCU, Angelico, Jack Evans. Lots of competition that they yeah. can work against and, you know, help AEW build their tag team division even more. Um, obviously, if they go to a WWE, there's still a lot of great opportunity in terms of really good impact for... Um, for positive change or maybe growth, I guess you can say. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm interested to see where the because they're like, if somebody goes, oh, they're the best tag team in the world. Like, you might have a different opinion, sure. but like, you can't go, oh, that's fucking crazy, right? No, they're definitely right? up there for sure. Yeah. I said that. I was like, best tag team in the world. I was like, <laughs> I stand by this statement, and then I found out the news, and I was like, uh, I'm not shocked at. Right. Honestly, like not shocked at all because in the ring, they're crisp. They do these crazy things that you would think would come across as maybe looking a little sloppy, but no, they're done clean. They're executed very, very, they're executed properly. And, you know, they have a lot in terms of the whole, their whole thing, like persona, et cetera. And then with Johnny, with John, with with Johnny Impact, same thing. Like he can pretty much go anywhere. I'm assuming he's probably going to go with AEW. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I hope, I, whatever, I, wherever he goes, I hope um, he gets a great deal. He's he's very valuable still. I think. Um, yeah, definitely. Probably more so. I would more say. More so. I know yeah. he's. I know he's definitely looking looking to get into more acting as well. So anywhere that might be able to kind yeah. of help that along too. I wonder what's up with Taya. Her contract doesn't end with Impact until I believe the end of the year. Okay. Hmm. Huh. She still has a bit more to go. Okay. And, All um, right, so here's the thing about that. Uh, I, you know, we were talking last week about Access TV, mm-hmm. you know, and them being in negotiation. But if 
you know, a huge part of a huge part of your wrestling promotion is your fucking roster. Right. Right? Right. And those are huge hits. So it's you know, I'm wonder what who do we have left there? I mean, we still have some there's fucking the, good cage is there. Yeah, still. definitely. Cross. Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of really good stuff on Slammiversary. Tessa, yeah. Tessa and Sammy Callahan went had a really great intergender match, and I'm saying this because when you watch that match, it felt natural seeing yeah. Tessa in that ring against Sammy Callahan. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like oh, this is a girl versus a guy, and I'm so noticing that this is a woman in this mm-hmm. match. No, the storyline, the, the story in the match was great. The match was great, and they just had a lot of different things on the show yeah. that worked really well. Um, compared to last year's Slammiversary, I think last year's Slammiversary was, was, was better, to be honest, and the hype and all of that. To me, from last year where they went with Slammiversary to now, kind of it kind of sucks because last year they had so much hype and how so everybody was super excited. And then this year it's kind of like, oh, we're losing talent and you know we're trying to get a TV deal. I think at this point it's like, they need to get something yes. right now mm. because they just need something to kind of keep them pulling forward. Yeah. Because you know, if their their talent is being rated by both WWE and AEW, it's going to be like you know they got to have something to keep that talent that talent interested in staying with the company. And I kind of feel like that's probably not there right now. The talent, we don't know what's going on. You know, obviously they could be being told one thing or another. We yeah. don't know. So I guess it just kind of depends yeah. on that. Well, you definitely cannot blame. Any of them for you sure. know doing what's best for them. Because yeah, absolutely. These these you know uh, boom periods in the industry they they last so long, right? Right. And you got to fucking you got to score. There's a there's a window, and you, you got to fucking score while you can during these times. Right. So, yeah. The fact that there is so many options right yes. now is is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So all, all right. right, good for them. And then, actually, before we get to that, I, I'm gonna since you know what, I'm just gonna throw this in. I know it was in order, but because you said that there was a lot of opportunity, it kind of ties into what's going on with Gallus and Anderson resigning with WWE. Yeah. Um, so it's been noted that they signed five year contracts. Uh, apparently, prior to this, they were offered five hundred thousand, and that was rejected. We don't know the actual number in terms of what they got, but obviously, it's going to be more than that five hundred k. So one can only assume they're talking like some big, like in the millions type of money for them. So considering the fact that they weren't, you know, really a focus on with the company prior to yeah. this and now you know they are with the club and AJ Styles and all of that you know big move for them but it's if they use them properly they're really fucking valuable right don't have them doing stupid shit right exactly you know like the fucking shit they were having them do like the little ha ha fucking when they kind of first came around well even like I, I don't know if it was when they first but I can I just remember even this you know not that long ago like right not that many months ago like like come like kind of like, you know like I don't know there was an there are segments like there was an attempt at comedy there right exactly and I just no no which and they and I I I understand the 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 temptation to do that because they are so funny and we've seen them before you know with like South Pond stuff like that really use their sense of humor but hopefully they they can get taken seriously this time around now that they're yes. bringing the club back, now that they're putting them with AJ. Yeah. Um, and so, like, just since we're talking about uh, Gallows and Anderson, um, and this is going off into the weed just a bit, mm-hmm. but it's I saw a match from a few years back 
uh, just the other day, and it was Carl Anderson. He beat Tanahashi. Right. And what a great fucking match that was. Absolutely. And I just saw it the other day, and I just wanted to give huge props to that and how fucking great Anderson was in that. Yeah, he did. Oh, my God, he did so much good stuff in Japan, yeah. even even before, you know, yeah, anything with like, the Bullet Club. You can use him as a singles guy, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, so, well, anyways, all right. I just think, like, in terms of, like, talking real big money, yeah. like, they're one of those people that afterwards when all of this, like, grabbing talent thing is yeah. sort of, like, you know, slowed, mellowed down, it's kind of like they're going to be one of the people that really benefited from this whole talent Good. raid thing. Mm. Good. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Sean Spears. So there was a little bit of, I guess you can say, controversy. So Sean Spears was pulled by AEW from Limitless Wrestling. He was supposed to do a show Friday night on July 12th, a day before Fight for the Fallen, Fight for the Fallen on July 13th. So essentially what was noted was that this was already set in place prior to him signing with AEW. They were already, you know, supposed to, he was, he was, committed to that, right? Yeah. And AEW was like, okay, you know, you're going to come out July 13th, that's fine, mm-hmm. you'll be there. So apparently they kept sending flight information to AEW and kept saying like, oh, like, is this the, the, a good flight for him? Is this a good flight for him? Apparently they weren't hearing back and they were like not getting a correct answer. And then afterwards, apparently what happened was that uh, after the flight thing, they basically said, like, okay, we're going to pull him off because he's going to have to do a photo shoot the day before. So after this came out and they and Limitless Wrestling posted this online, you know, some fans were very upset and they and the Bucks and Cody did face some back, backlash after mm-hmm. this. So because of that, the backlash and all of that, he is now put back and he's now still doing Limitless Wrestling. But okay. a lot of people did raise some, you know, some concerns over that. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, sometimes those things happen. Mm. And I, sometimes, you know, yeah. So, um, what do you do, yeah. though, as a new company? Like, how do you say, like, you know, obviously both AEW and Limitless Wrestling had their pros. Like, AEW obviously needs him for, you know, their photo shoot, all of that stuff, whatever. And so does Limitless Wrestling. They also have their, their thing. Where does AEW say, like, we're going to put our foot down in this one because we, uh, depends, we need him, you know? Apparently it wasn't after, it wasn't that big a deal after all, like right. when they really thought about it. But it could have been something where it was like, no, we really do need to pull him. And that would have just been, hey, like, sorry. Yeah, that sure. sucks. But like if there was something like Yeah. Where I mean that's his bread and butter. Like and well, I think. I don't know what his deal is. I mean, I don't know what the nature of their deals are there. Right. But I think but, I, I I imagine that someone realized that at this point it's not worth that bad yeah. publicity, you know? If this was something that was already set in stone way before he or, even you know, signed. You, do, you try to provide someone suitable of equal replacement. Value. Yeah. yeah. They were going to provide Tommy Dreamer, I believe. Well, okay. was AEW going to provide that, or did Limitless secure that on their own? Oh, that I don't know. But right. I, I thought the replacement that, was Tommy Dreamer. That was the replacement. Okay. But we don't necessarily know if that had anything to do with in terms of AEW. Yeah. Like I don't it. think okay. Tommy Dreamer's an AEW no, exactly. guy per se. To right. be, you know, I think that was just who Limitless replaced with for their yeah. fans. For their All fans, right. yeah. Right. And so, but now they're they're kind of in an advantageous position where they get both now. So hopefully, it all everyone's happy. 
All right. Uh, moving on. So MLW has announced that their first pay-per-view is coming November 2nd in Chicago. Uh, Saturday night super fight. Yeah. Is it going to be at that same place they always, they've been Cicero running? Cicero Stadium? Stadium? Cicero mm-hmm. Stadium. I like that place. Sure. Um, I watched their show that was on yesterday. Was mm-hmm. it yesterday? They, what's it called? Um, oh, fuck. Oh, now, now I can't think of the name of their show they had. Right. Anyways, it was where Jacob Fatu won the title from Tom Lawler. Okay. And there was some other stuff on the show. I, I mean, I enjoyed the show. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, there was some things where I go, ah, I wouldn't have. That's not the guy I would have put over in that sure. match or whatever. You know, little things. But um, overall, I, I, I appreciate what they're doing. And, yeah. You know, in the industry. That was uh, Kings of Coliseum, guys. Kings of Coliseum. Thank you. you. Thank you, Jeff. You, no worries. But in, oh. terms of, in terms of them building on the current hype and fan base yeah. that they have right now, this is probably a better time than yeah. ever to do, you know, to do a pay-per-view and stuff yes. like that. So and good the, call for them. The people they're catering to really enjoy the product. You know, it yeah. might not be everyone's cup of tea. Right. Um, but I... I see a lot of people that really enjoy it, you know, and I watch the show and, and I enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching it. Um, hey, uh, this is odd. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to Raw. Street Profits. Okay. I'll tell yeah. you what I think about that. All right. Anyway. All right. Uh, moving on, we also had G1 Climax this, this weekend as yeah. well. A lot of really good matches. A, a lot of talk. Let's first kick it off with, let's talk about the audience and the crowd because there were some people that were kind of pointing out the flaws of what was happening in terms of like how the production shot the audience and how the audience was. And then there's people on the other side that are like, no, like, the, okay. So essentially people were sort of, some people online were sort of pointing out like, oh, look at New Japan. They didn't draw this many people, etc. Look at all these empty seats. But then there's other people that saw like, no, like they had a great audience. Yeah. Granted, it wasn't sold out. We know that. It's a big but you know building. what though? But you know what, though? They had a very engaged audience, a very yeah. hot audience, people that were into the show from start to finish, which you know, Sean, is not always easy yeah. to keep an audience fully engaged in a show. But there was a lot of conversation on that. Yeah. And uh, so it's weird. Like, people have a short memory of how fucking tough it was to put asses in seats not too long ago. Right. To where they're going, oh, they can't even sell out the fucking American Airlines Arena. Mm hmm. They fucking over half. I mean, it was over half full. I think they said the number wasn't it the number like four thousand or something. I don't know. It's it looked more than that. To okay. Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wrestled in that building. But you uh, you had also mentioned a little bit before we went live that a lot of the crowd was on the the hard cam side, yes. right? So, yeah, that happens, and so they're not. It might just know, be presentation. Yeah, and that's it's not their like like a, like we were talking about before we went on air. Um, access TV. Pr- produce that right yes so you know they're not in the wrestling industry where they're used to have to for cosmetic reasons like move people they shot it like a real sport. they shot it like you know everyone else would shoot it yeah right and and yeah so yeah it would probably look better like aesthetically 
if the, you know there were more people, I thought the crowd looked just fine. I thought it was very respectable. Well, because there was some shots, like for example, there were certain shots where they had you know the guy's head, and then here on the right side or left side, there was just all these empty seats. So it was kind of like yeah. you know for a fact that if that was WWE, they that would have never. They would have yeah. worked around it. There's yeah. certain ways. All they had to do is buy the stage, put some black yeah. tarps on those those seats that were you know being yeah. used, move the audience around a little yeah. bit, and they would have had the energy. Energy and everything, maybe dim the lights, which I know they didn't, but maybe they could have. I don't know. They could have. You know, so they could have, and they've done it before. Yeah. Like that's they. I've they did it at the Cow Palace. Mm-hmm. The lights were dim there. Oh, sure. I, I watched the show live. I didn't yeah. watch it back on on TV, so I didn't see that. But I see what you mean. The, yeah. They were dimmed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. All fair criticisms, but like, can we get past the criticisms to? Recognize stuff. all the great things about this show, sure, and like about the crowd, and you know, like I mean, in Dallas, like Dallas, I'm pretty sure Dallas isn't. I mean, they have some Jap, they have a Japanese community there, but it's not like fucking Torrance, California, right? 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 Sure. If anyone that lives out here knows Torrance, California, there's more fucking Japanese people there. Yeah. Probably Japan. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. So honestly, like for like for me, in terms of like, I had heard about these issues prior to watching yeah. the show because I watched the show the day after, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay. But it, it kind of did make me upset that people were saying this because I was like, you guys are taken away from what's happening inside the ring. Yeah, yeah. Like people want, people have been saying, oh, we want better wrestling. We want better wrestling on TV. We want better wrestling. There it is. There yeah. it was. That's so, your alternative. And so. uh when you put on a show like that, for that many people, when you go back next time, there's going to be way more people. Right. That's usually how that works. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's like, okay, you, you, the people that came were really fucking happy they went, right? As opposed to going to a show and being like, oh, fuck, that was too long. Like, some of them, you know, most of the matches weren't that great. Right. You know? So, and anyways... I didn't. I don't think I saw every single match. Mm. Uh, but yeah, definitely can, some fantastic A block matches. We can talk about the A block matches. Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's kick it off with Will Osprey and Lance Archer oh, because wow. everybody was yes. talking about this one. Yeah, and I have. I saw a couple little things that could have been tightened up, but I'm not even going to mention them. Mm. That's just me because it was it was great. Um, that's how you know, as someone that. My specialty was that style of match, a David and Goliath yeah. match, right? Like, and and I just thought it was done, uh, you know, it was done really well. But Osprey, um, I I think he's the best guy they have, right? If, especially for like you know um, the uh, the global expansion, like in. You know, like say here in the states, mm. you know, a blonde hair fucking kid with blue eye, you know, <laughs> right. right? Sure, good looking fucker too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His gear is all, t- you know, on point, and yeah. Um, I was hoping he would win. Right. Lance did great though. I was yeah, really happy for Lance. Really happy for Lance. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's. Um, yeah. I hope. I hope they do. I hope they uh, use Lance. More like moving forward, I hope they use them better. 
right. think that one of the highlights of this match was the fact that Will Osprey sort of made Lance Archer yeah. kind of go up a level, you know? Yes. Like, obviously, we know that Will Osprey, you know, was the, the highlight of the match, carrying everything, etc. But Lance Archer was in all the right spots. You know, it's, you know, it's funny because I was actually saying this. I was like, dude, all Lance Archer has to do is be in the right spot, work, match, etc. Yeah. right? And, I get, and he was. And here's, like... So I'll read, like, comments of people going, oh, they didn't sell, like, this and that. Like, and it just fucking, I just got a chuckle at some of these people. Like, okay, it was some of the, it was the psych, and all the psych, there was no psychology. Look, I think I know, I think I know a thing or two about in-ring psychology. And it was, okay, it was a different kind of psychology. It was a different way of selling. And um, it was done very well. Very well. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, let's talk about Bad Luck Folly defeating Evil. I didn't watch it. Oh. Mm. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was a solid match. It was what you would expect from both guys. Sure. So, yeah. Sounds good. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's talk about Sonata beating Zack Sabre Jr. And it was yeah. a really great technical match. That was uh, fun. You, Considering that Sonata has, you know, he was able to incorporate some of his, like, Lucha Libre techniques into this. So it kind of added for very good counters against Zack Sabre Jr. And I think he was, he's probably one of the few guys that could really chain wrestle with him in that sort of way where it's not your average chain wrestling match. It was a little different. Then he ties, like, guys up where they can't get out, like, and then he kicks them in the butthole, right? Right. Yeah, pretty much. Did he do that? I don't, I think, did I miss it? I don't know if he did the kick. Did he not give him the fucking butthole kick? Because I seen him get him tied, like, tied up, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then I think he gave him, like, a sliding kick or something and knocked him to the floor. My thing with Zack Sabre Jr. is that every time I see one of his matches and I think I got it all figured out and I know what he's going to do next, Mm. no. It's always something so different. And you just think to yourself, like, how did you get from there to there? It's fun watching matches like that, right? Where you don't know what's coming. It's like a puzzle. And I think with him joining Suzuki Gagan, he's been doing such good character work as well. Like, not only is he one of the best in the ring, but he's doing such amazing character work. He said having a match like that for American wrestling fans is like reading Shakespeare to a dog. I love that. That was a great quote. That was a great quote. I love that quote. When I saw it, I was like, yeah. But yeah, I think him and Sonata are two of the most well-rounded guys that they've got. So, yeah. So, um... And it was this match, um, and I did think about it during like the Osprey match too. But it was in this match where I heard crowd the crowd react to some things that like you got to be an educated crowd to be reacting to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Some of the more intricate like yeah things like trademark things that maybe like someone that just is a casual watcher wouldn't pick up on. Right, exactly. And the whole crowd was they knew. They knew, yeah. right? you know, so. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things we mentioned off air was that this particular crowd were New Japan fans. Like you can tell, you know, some of these people had been following the product for yeah. a while, not just when it kind of got that boom here yeah. in the U.S. You know, so I think that's kind of what made this, uh, sh- you know, would really help the show. You mm-hmm. know, obviously. Yeah. All right. Uh, next match: uh, Kenta defeating Co- defeating Kota Ibushi. I I enjoyed it. it- like a lot of other people, it meant more to them than it did to me because right. I wasn't like, I wasn't really up to speed on all of Kenta's work. Like I wasn't like into was it Noah that he was a big deal in yeah, him and Marafuji and all. Like I was in a different place in my life where I wasn't too actively 
you know, not following, following everyone. Right. So, um, I'm I'm happy to see him. You know, after the WWE run, yeah, and come kind back of, and have a good showing like that. Yeah, get back to a style and a yeah. speed that he's yeah. kind of more suited to. And it was, you know, uh, so they used Bushi. You know, and that was a that's a big win for for uh, yeah for Kenta. Kenta, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And I kind of figured that's probably what the you know what would happen, but still wasn't sure because Bushi's a big deal, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I think that Coda's probably going to be one of those guys that goes super far, super mm. far on this one. All right. Uh, afterwards, we had uh, Okada versus Tanahashi. Yeah. Yeah, I can't go wrong with yeah, Okada and Yeah, the people, Tana. like, and that's another, you know, the crowd knew what they were watching. And I right. thought they, I thought they were, the crowd was, I thought it was a really good match. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, always is, yeah. Yeah, and I really, um, <sighs> It's just you know I've seen them I've seen their match. It was just nice to have a you know a Okada Tanahashi match in the states. Yes, right. Um, but that being said, like it was like, they didn't take it to the next level compared to their other matches. It was a but, solid match. Yeah, absolutely. It was yeah. a solid match. Yes. It wasn't like. Oh it, it, was, God, it wasn't. It wasn't one of their. Crazy. It wasn't yeah. one of their Wrestle Kingdom. And that's matches, fine. Right. Which is that's yeah. saving themselves. I think and they should. Yeah. Because um, I think yeah. When when New Japan really started getting on mm. a lot of people's radars out here was during Okada and Tanahashi's kind of first yeah. real rivalry, and so yeah, to have that sort of match in the states is really big. And so also something that okay, that was okay. The match was over, but that wasn't the end of the. TV show. Mm-hmm. They had the backstage press conference, right? And right. I love that. The press I conferences are always it. awesome. Yeah. I don't even have to know what they're saying. Right. You know? It's nice. To, little subtitle or whatever. Oh, I know. Yeah. The fucking... The, the interpreter, though. Oh. They could have had a better interpreter. Oh. <laughs> That's my only complaint. <laughs> right. All right, so there you go. That was like uh, that's what we have here with the, with the, the G one climax. Yeah. Next show's on Saturday, so make make probably talk about that afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's honestly it was a good show. Yeah, it was, it was fun. a good show, very yeah. solid show. Lots of good matches back to back. All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump into Raw. All right, so whew, what do we want to start off with? I don't know because I didn't <laughs> see the whole thing. All right, well we can sort of talk. Let's kind of. You know, so last week, one of the major things that we talked about was the whole Mike Canales, Maria Canales thing. Uh, Do you want to talk? Let's go talk about the whole her wanting pickles and ice cream and this. You didn't impregnate me. And now we get like an even more tease that she's saying Mike Canales isn't the father. What is happening here? I don't get it. No, I just don't get it. Can somebody... Can someone please explain this to me? Like, okay, yes, it's getting like I don't no, no, it's... no, no. Like, I mean, it was better than last week. That's for sure. In I, terms of I don't know, about, I don't know about that. No, last wasn't. week was really bad. It yeah, was this, bad. This, so was this week bad too. <laughs> I just don't even know what to say about this because I. I mean, just all of the the jokes about like the pregnancy cravings and stuff like that. It's no, so just dated. All this, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the fucking the way that they're treating the way this they're making guy. him look for sure. Yes. 
But he should I'm be just, like upset by now, wouldn't he be like like? I certainly hope so. What do you mean, like you weren't? I wasn't mad enough to impregnate you. What are you trying to say to me here? You know, if you're a guy, what's your response going to be to that? If your girl, your girlfriend or wife or whatever is saying, "Oh, you weren't mad enough to impregnate me," and there's I a have, doubt. I have theory as to why they're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep it to myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have people this there watching. They're probably going, "That's what we fucking listen to this right. for." <laughs> I don't know. I just don't want to stir shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't know. It's. I did think the non-fat part was kind of funny because, you know, the worst thing the guy can do is call a girl fat or yeah. insinuate that she's fat. So I did think that part was kind of funny. Mm. Okay. No, it's no. Like, no, it was not nah. funny. Nah. <laughs> hey, look, man, look, here's the thing. I'm one of these guys that that understands that, you know. Men have been the shits for a long fucking time, sure, right? Sure. And so a lot of the stuff that's happening now we have coming, but god damn. <laughs> right. This is too fucking much. I just like nobody's coming out on top in this. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on. Um, what did we think about uh what about what did we think about Ray answering Bobby Lashley's challenge? It. I hated it. Yeah, it was pretty I, rough. I, I don't hate him uh getting sacrificed to Bobby Lashley. I hate him coming out and going, open challenge, anybody in the back. And then somebody coming out and fucking... And just destroying just him. Makes him look like a dipshit. <laughs> I hate to say because I because Ray's a legend. Right, yeah. but you that's, that's the worst that. part. Yeah, exactly. You fucking do and that. Like, you know, it's fine that they're selling the whole, like, oh, Bobby Lashley's like this big, large guy, but Ray has just gone head-to-head with plenty of large guys. And that's yeah. the thing, is like, I, I get the desire to want to make Lashley look strong going into the last man standing match on Sunday. You don't have to make Ray look like a dipshit exactly. You've got to a roster make Bobby Lashley look strong. You've got a roster full of people that could have been... You can even on... use Ray to do it and right. still not make him look like a dipshit. Right. That's my take on well, that. You, okay, so b- before we, you mentioned the Street Profits before. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah. Hey, so what's that team's name? Private Party? Private Party. Yeah. My theory is, is that those guys got a buzz going right after that. From, um... Yeah. From yeah. the Doubler. Yeah, Doubler Nothing. All that, right? Or no, Histi- uh, Fire or, yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, that. yeah, that's the one, yeah. And like, so Street Profits is a very similar gimmick. And so they're like, okay, let's get them on TV so everyone doesn't think the Street Profits are a fucking knockoff of private party. Right. But it's the the hardest part for me to fathom is that they they bring up the brand new NXT champions, one of the best teams in the company. All they're doing is just shilling the pay per view. I don't like it. I don't yeah, get it. Of, I, I, there might be, I, I don't know. I don't want to keep going. I don't like this. I don't like that. I mean, <laughs> right. Because there's a lot of, I mean, no. Well, there was also most pe- of the things I like were last some week. Some people were also, you know, pointing out the fact that they had the 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 tag team intergender match with yeah. Becky and Seth, Andrade and Selena, and the fact that it was only like women versus women and men. No versus man versus man. women contest. Exactly. Right. So that was kind of a little. And like, so was yeah. it a little? Did, peop, did some people feel like that was a little bait and switchy? Like people well, just, were expecting to see some man on woman violence, and they didn't get it. I think the only reason people might be thinking that is because we saw. Becky tap out Mike Kanellis. Yeah, sure. And so we thought, oh, maybe silver lining, maybe we're getting slowly inching closer to intergender stuff. Yeah. But with this, it just it it's such a weird decision to have a mixed tag match, but then make it elimination. Because it's basically you're just looking at two separate one-on-one matches then. Mm. Like women can only fight women, men can only fight men. 
as soon as one's eliminated, like why why was Becky standing on the apron she the was whole time? That was it. Like, oh, you know, I'll just say it. Cannot, Mike, the Mike, uh, they're fucking with you, right? Flat, yeah. They're fucking with you. You got some heat or something, right? I will say, I will say, not. <laughs> just, I'm gonna see that it. all over the headlines tomorrow. I will say, just <laughs> so that, see that everywhere, just so that it's not all bad. The stuff that obviously when Rollins and Andrade was in the ring was, of course, really, really good. Oh, we're talking like, about Andrade and yes, okay. when Andrade and Rollins was in there, um, I loved their work. And Zelina Vega is also incredible. She's amazing. Um, everyone involved is is good. It's all just. Everything surrounding it that's sometimes mm. confusing. Right. Um, what about uh, Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre going around trying to find a partner for Roman Reigns and then they did the whole... It was weird. I mean, yeah. I kind of liked it, but I was like, then it just like, it was a weird well, that, like, way to finish it. Like, yeah, that that angle is is tried and true in wrestling, but part and parcel to its success is like, the face is getting one over on the heels, you know, yeah. when they think it's just some asshole janitor God coming damn, out. Cedric Alexander has some pretty fucking hands because <laughs> when I when I was waiting to figure out who it was, I was looking at the hands. I'm like, those are some nice. There might be a woman in there. I fucking I did thought. Not look at his hands at all. Yes, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I was trying to figure out right, but it just it's it puts him in such a weird position to come out. He gets the shine doing all this, you know, high flying offense, and then he still loses. Yeah, almost did it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, all right, well, good try. He could have gone over perfectly fine, but if he loses, then nobody's going to care who's underneath the mat. That was weird. It if was if just he had different. come out, I think if he had come out, gotten a quick flash pin on Shane. And, you know, like, they, they go off the air being furious. Because it was funny, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, it would not have hurt anything. No. If fucking, especially if Roman was a big part of the reason why it happened. Right, yeah, exactly. And it would it would not have hurt Shane, and it would have helped Cedric. Right. Quite a bit. Not that that hurt, like, that helped him a bit. Right, hopefully. It just, for the, for the, for the sake of the segment, mm-hmm. like, I would have rather saw the... One of those guys get beat. Of course. One of those guys meaning on the other team. Right. Shane yeah. or Drew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, so and how about, the, like, I mean, where did they, they fucking find the Dos Caras mask? Right. What the fuck? Do we think, I like, mean. That's, if, I mean, so, like, okay, it's not that big a deal, like, right. here in the States, but, like, some people don't take that shit lightly. And that's the thing. Am I am I reading into it too much to think that they that might have been a shot at Del Rio? It might have. Like I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? How do you guys feel about the Drake Maverick storyline? Yeah, one time so um one time they were doing this thing in the Attitude Era where um uh fucking Victor Quinona brought in Mexican stars and they did this thing called Super Astros. Yeah, I remember that. Right. And so one time uh Santo, Ildo Santo is there and I knew him from, you know, Japan and everything. Um so I was familiar with them. Mm. I don't think anyone else really too many people there knew him. But uh he, um you know that they talked about how you know, serious they were about those masks, right? And Santo was in the in the cafeteria eating without it on, mm-hmm. which like usually it's like, oh it's man, you don't ever. So fucking Brian Christopher's crazy ass goes into his bag, puts his mask on, and walks into fucking catering with Santo. <gasps> and you know he didn't make a big deal out of it, but right, you know, yeah. <laughs> but he could have. 
Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't have, that wouldn't have gone over too well if, it, if he would have done that in Mexico. Right, exactly. So, all right. Uh, so you mentioned the Drake, Drake Maverick twenty four seven. How do you feel about that? What the, the Drake Maverick thing with his wife and the whole the twenty four seven title, the, the videos that they're I'm doing. I'm still enjoying it, but we gotta be careful. We don't want to be, you know, like it can go from being enjoyable to too much, right? Just it, like that. it can hit a point of diminishing yes. returns real quick. Yeah. Well, because they haven't really explained, like, why he went back. Like, he could have gone on his honeymoon where, you and, know. And that was one of the things is, like, why are you going, if you're trying to avoid everyone, why are you going to the city <laughs> that Ross has? And I didn't like the, it, the, what fell flat was the be alone with my baby tonight. Thing. That was such a, like, uh, who, is, who is the sport? Like, who wrote that? Or right. fucking talk Ronnie into saying it. As much as I love that song. Yeah, but was somebody weird... was like, oh, and right here he goes in. They're going to love And I'm this. sure fucking truth yeah. is probably, oh, fuck. But I was just trying to be a good soldier. Right. <laughs> fuck. Uh, um. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Ricochet versus the Gallows. And Ricochet versus Carl Anderson. And then uh, basically AJ coming in and attacked uh, Ricochet afterwards in the club and all of that. Yeah, it was fine. Mm. Say that again. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would have liked... What was that well, again? I, I like the fact that they had I Ricochet... I was too busy making fart noises like a fucking I, juvenile. <laughs> I like the fact that Ricochet, you know, beat both Gals and yes. Anderson. See, that I don't like. like I, I, I thought I... I actually i think just a week after we're trying to re-solidify gallows and anderson as a serious threat See, having, like him, having him run through both i would have done the match different yeah i just like i liked it i just i i i would have put the match i would have that i wouldn't have done the match like that right and i'm not really gonna get all off into no sure it's just i would have done it different and it would have worked better I yeah. just like the fact that they were like you know he had these two they had these two chances and you know, i mean that would have worked better all things being equal, and I could do all the amazing shit that Ricochet does. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I meant by that. And he's and the stuff in the ring is still it's it's awesome. I love yeah. seeing him work with them and yeah. kind of that dynamic. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, just a week after we're trying to rebuild them as a credible team and as a credible mm. faction. Yeah, we didn't need it. There, were, I think there are better ways yeah. to do it. And honestly, those were the main points of Raw. Other than that, we had No Way Jose versus Cesaro. Cesaro won. Uh, Bailey, the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders. Oh, yeah, the Beat the Clock Challenge. Then there was the Beat the Clock Challenge. Bailey versus Sarah Logan. Nikki Cross versus Dana Brooke. I actually thought Bailey versus Sarah Logan was, was a pretty nice match. I just really wish they would do more with Sarah Logan. Hey, anyone see where Amber Moon was going off on Dana Brooke about like stealing like one of her moves? And no. It was like a suplex. I mean, it's... it's where did this happen? Anyways. Is that more Twitter? Yeah, I was on Twitter. <laughs> we got to have a Twitter, Twitter segment each week. We should. That's a good idea. There's always a lot of drama on Twitter. I'm wondering, like, was I missing something? Because it looked like just a basic suplex, and I'm like, how does anyone have dibs on that? Right, right, right. So, never anyways. know. All, All right, right, that's that. Are we done? We're, was we're that done. It? We're done. <laughs> finished. <laughs> Fucking finished. All right. It was good stuff, though. Flew by. Right, that was fun. Yeah. All right, we're out of here. Hey, no, real quick. All Social right, guys, media, all that shit. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube.com, YouTube.com slash XPOC. We're almost about to hit 10K. You guys can check us out on Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher. Check out your favorite podcast apps and find us, XPOC12360. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Make sure to check us out there because we're always posting tons of stuff that you don't want to miss out. You guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ty Matthews PMA. Right. I'm at the Real X Puck on Twitter, at Real X Puck on Instagram. Um, what? It's Baby Lula? It's Baby Lula, yeah, on Instagram. <laughs> I haven't posted on because I can't remember the login information. Oh. Ashley Daniels was the one that set that up. <laughs> anyways, all right. All right, we're out of here. See you next week. Sean Waltman and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, thank you for tuning in to X-Pac 12360.